Welcome back to the Photo Banter Podcast. Before we get into today's episode, I wanted to tell you about PicDrop, an image transfer tool I've been using almost every day for like the past three years. Uh, personally, I was sick of using platforms like Dropbox and WeTransfer and wanted something more catered towards photographers. And with PicDrop, it was founded by working photographers that still actively shoot themselves um, so they understand what photographers need and are continually offering new tools to better organize and help deliver images to clients. With PicDrop, I can easily organize all my photos in one spot, make custom folders for each job, and send video files. Um, I use it all the time. I've been using it for years, my whole catalog of images. I can easily just like go back and search and look for old shoots if I'm looking for it. Um, really easy to access all my files. Um, one of my favorite p features with PicDrop is that clients can actually make selections and leave notes. Um, so this streamlines my workflow working with clients. Um, I've never even had any issues with clients having trouble downloading or anything. Um, some other platforms, they would have to do a lot more um, this kind of educating and helping clients figure out how to download. But with PicDrop, um, it's just so easy to use and never had any issues. Um, and with today's episode, um, with the promo code BANTER, when you sign up, you'll receive two months free of PicDrop. Um, all you need to do is go over to pickdrop.com, enter the promo code BANTER when you sign up, and you'll receive two free months. Um, so go over, give it a try, and let me know what you think. Welcome back to the Photo Banter Podcast. I'm your host, Alex Gagne, and today we have a really special episode that I recorded in Wetzlar, Germany, at the world headquarters for Leica Camera. Leica was kind enough to invite me out to their annual celebration of photography event, which welcomes photographers from around the world to a three-day event to celebrate photography, which culminates with the Leica Oscar Barnack Award show, which awards two photographers with a new Leica camera and a cash prize. While I was in Germany, I was given the opportunity to interview Dr. Andreas Kaufman, who in 2004 invested in Leica camera and remains the majority shareholder through his investment firm, ACM. Andreas currently serves as the chairman of the supervisory board of Leica camera AG, and has been instrumental in growing the Leica camera brand into what it is today. I was also given the opportunity to interview Stefan Daniel, who is the Executive Vice President of Technology and Operations at Leica Camera. Stefan has been with the Leica Camera Company for over 40 years, having started as an apprentice at age 16, and is well known for being the product planner on the M7 camera. Yesterday, I was given the opportunity to tour the Leica Camera factory and can say firsthand that the skill and craftsmanship that goes into making a Leica camera is second to none. So getting the opportunity to speak to both Andreas and Stefan was a real honor. I hope you enjoy this episode. And I just have to thank the Leica camera uh, USA uh, for having me out to Germany as it was an experience I'll never forget. Uh, so I can't thank them so much and I hope you guys enjoy this one. All right. Okay, so Alex, here Do we are. Dr. Kaufman, uh, uh, well, I'm Andreas Kaufmann. Doctor is only according to the German Austrian name law, so Andreas. Okay, okay. I'm, yeah. I'm glad we uh, cleared that up. Well, first off, thanks for taking the time uh, to do this and for uh, Leica for having me out here. It's a real pleasure. Um, I guess to start off, um, we're here at Leica in Wetzlar, Germany um, for the celebration of photography. Um, how long have you guys been doing this event for? Well, um, originally it was always called the Oscar Barnack Award which we just started end of the 70s already, mm -hmm. somewhere there. But 
we renamed this celebration of photography. And what's it about? It's in the name. Yeah, quite simple. It's about the different ways of photography which drives us as photographers or lover of photography. And it's celebrated in a certain way. And I think that's the right, uh, also the right place to do it. And what makes you guys want to do this? Because I don't know any other company that brings so many people. Just I've only been here. I got to Germany this morning. I've met people from all around the world. You guys have people come to this event. Like, wh what's the goal with this event? Why do you guys put it on? Because well, it's basically to celebrate with people who love photography mm. um, at a certain place. Because um, at the end, you know, a camera is a camera. Should be nice one, or maybe even nice design like Leica, great lens, etc. But at the end, what brings people together? It's the love of the art of photography, and that's something very emotional and that needs sometimes to be celebrated. Yeah, I'm new to new to Leica world. Um, I'm from Boston, like I told you, and we have a really great gallery there. And in the last year, I've been going to the exhibits, and it, it's really amazing what you guys have created because obviously. Everyone knows you for your cameras, but it's really you guys have built a community. And even in my own community in Boston, I've met so many photographers. Without that gallery, I, I wouldn't have that connection. And and I think that's amazing. Uh, Here we are. Yeah. I mean, like, <laughs> yeah. so quite simple, you know, we don't tell this quite often, but we have a world record. We have the hugest chain of photography galleries worldwide, 26. Mm -hmm. And next year... I'm always discussing with my wife, who is in charge of that. Is it 30, 32, somewhere there? So it's the biggest chain of galleries dedicated to photography. Yeah, because I feel like, I mean, I've been doing photography for like 25 years now. And I, like I said, I don't know any other camera companies that do anything like this with exhibits and these like, uh, you guys have the academy with the workshops and stuff. I think you guys have tapped into something other camera companies haven't. You've they forget about the actual photography. That's what makes people excited. And you guys have built the kit. You know, I have here a Leica camera carrying around with me. But what the key thing is the result of it. Yeah? Yeah. I, every every evening I put it into my laptop, work on it, use a Lightroom or Photoshop or whatever is at hand, etc. And then I store it somewhere and have a look at it. Sometimes I send it to someone. Sometimes twice a year I print a bit because it's about how you were able to capture a certain moment with a, a kind of element to it. So it's an, wow, that's yeah. it. You can't always do this. So a lot of my pictures are not that great. No, I, <laughs> I saw, I followed you on Instagram. I saw the one you posted last night. It was a black and white or some cool shit. That challenge. was a very unusual moment. That was a good one. <laughs> but it, it, yeah. uh, yeah. I mean, obviously uh, doing research for this interview, I know prior to coming to Leica, I think you and your family have been involved in some other businesses. But did you have an interest in photography? Like, nothing. I was, you know, I was brought up as a nice little German guy with an Austrian background. And when I was 12, I got a camera and had to shoot, yeah. I had not a clue how to shoot. And then I went to the uh, photo dealer and he had to explain me wh what to do, etc. My first picture, the first four rows of film were gone, yeah. <laughs> the first two. And the third one, I still have two or three pictures. <laughs> um, and that was an, a, a sort of... It was natural that at a certain time you tried to capture certain things, but it was not, it was not driven a certain way. So you really kind of not until you, you you guys invested in the company. That's when you kind of kind of got more into photography and kind of learned about it, I guess. Well, um, it was very helpful as a kid. I had lessons in um, in sketching and painting mm -hmm. because at the end, 
photography is painting with light. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and it helps you when you understand, oh, what's the motive or how, how do you do a certain setup? You're not, usually we're not great in this. It has to be trained. Some people, natural born photographers, have this in their eye. They see a certain, which others don't see. Yeah. Mm -hmm. You can train this a bit. I'm not that great in that, but it was a bit helpful that I had this as a kid. In in coming to this, I know we're talking before we started recording. You mentioned like your family had been in real estate, and I think you you guys were in some other businesses. Well, the, the real business was uh, not real estate; it was pulp paper and packaging mm -hmm. for hundred years. Well, yeah. uh, hundred one years. What made you want to invest in Leica? Well, quite simple. When I did grow up. Uh, on the way uh, to study at university, there was a decision in the family. We were the third, third generation that we shouldn't go into the business. Yeah, and that was perfect. It was the beginning of the seventies, and I, I didn't, I, I didn't like the business, so I, uh, I studied what I wanted. <laughs> so, <laughs> um, so it had nothing to do with the former business, etc. It was driven by decision by myself, end of the nineties to go again into business. I started first in software, yeah. and then somewhere we happened, I worked together with a guy, Wolfgang Kisselbach. His father was the former marketing director of Leitz Wetzlar. That's how we came to Wetzlar, just, you know, it happened. Yeah. <laughs> and suddenly when you're in Wetzlar, the first company we bought is Weller over there, um, small company then, and when you're in Wetzlar, you, 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 uh, you stumble over the world lights and Leica. Hmm. That's what happened. <laughs> and, you know, I've watched a lot of interviews of you getting ready for this, and it really comes across you love what you do. Like, I can tell, like... Yeah, but there's no reason in life to do something you don't like. Yeah. Then you should better do something else. Yeah. See, yeah. I wish more people had the attitude. It's sometimes tricky. I know that. It's yeah. tricky. But at the end, don't do what you don't like. Have you always had that mindset? Because like being this is like a global company, it's a huge business. Have, it, it, have you always had that mindset of like, I want to do something I love? Obviously, you want to be successful at what you're doing, but like you, you want to have the passion for what you're doing. Otherwise, it doesn't make sense in life Yeah, for me personally. Yeah. Yeah. And, uh, you know, when you guys, when you came into like, uh, I think it was what, 2003, 2004? 2004, next year, 20 years. And... Just this morning, uh, I I took it. Was lucky enough to take a tour of the archive, and I learned something. That I think in late nineteen nineties, early two thousands, the business was like so bad that they were selling off like the archive of like old cameras to keep the business going, which I found I, I that amazed me. But when you came in, what were some of the biggest challenges you had? coming into this oh company. my god we shouldn't start with that <laughs> <laughs> because it was really tricky at this time Leica was a small company but it was stock market listed yeah which was probably not the great idea it was listed in 1996 since 2000 they had a major shareholder which was helpful it was Hermes yeah but the problem for Hermes was probably they, they did not understand correctly what kind of business they were in they thought you know hand craft business where people were screwing some elegant screws in some metal parts yeah but it's technology in the end yeah and um luxury companies and technology are not that easy yeah the connection so what uh, we had quite a few issues the first issue was we had to redo the capitalization of the company completely yeah and then working on what do we do because we had great ideas great engineers but sometimes missing the money 
because we at the Kaufman family we have the simple saying, you know, ideas need a feed for walking. Yeah. And that's the money at the end. Yeah. And yeah, it's been impressive what you guys have done. And you know, touch on the gallery stuff a little bit more. What makes you want to have a brick and mortar location? Because like in the day and age of everything's online, everyone shops online. It seems like now. No, it's not. not. No, no, no. Online shopping is not sexy. Yeah, yeah. Online shopping, uh, shopping is. I need something cheap. Yeah, and I need it fast. Yeah. Okay. Uber Eats, perhaps, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> something like that. Yeah. But to to go for something, to pick it, yeah, to feel it, yeah. For instance, if you if you would like to buy something from Hermes, it's tricky because they don't have stores everywhere. Mm -hmm. But if you have the possibility to go to Paris into the Hermes store, touch the things, and might be allowed to see something. That's a huge event, yeah. So it's quite simple. E-commerce is okay mm -hmm. for certain things, but the real business event is when I'm able to get it and feel it. Yeah, and that's why we're doing retailing. We do a lot of retail, and uh, from going to your retail stores, it, the people that work there are so knowledgeable about the product, and it's like I found that to be impressive. Like I've gone in there multiple times in Boston. Just like, hey, what do I do with this? Like, I had the Q2, and they're giving me advice with that. Like, how do you approach just the retail aspect of it? Is is because you talk to the people that work there, they get to come out here to Wetzlar. It's not like just any retail store. It seems like you really invest in the people that work for like it. It's the key thing because it's the it's a human relation with a customer, and it has to be a good one because otherwise, if this feeling, why should this brand be for me? Mm -hmm. Yeah, because these are the the key touch points. Yeah, you want you online want... is okay. Online should be about information, etc. But the key touch point is always in retail, a person. Yeah, yeah, because uh, if the person is in grumpy and said, "Run here," um, it's not good for the brand. <laughs> yeah, yeah, for sure. <laughs> and uh, you know, you mentioned like technology and stuff. The one thing that Leica does, I don't know any other company that does it. You guys are still doing film cameras, and then your uh, the technology you're bringing to your new equipment is top notch. Like, what is it that makes you guys want to do both film and digital? Quite simple, because photography is analog and digital. Yeah, yeah? and for the generation below forty years, um, um, this let's say the experience with film is new. Mm -hmm. So I've, I first um, uh, saw this, it was, it's now, well, it's 10 years ago, with a young girl who had an Instax camera by Fuji. Yeah. Yeah. So she was with us for the evening, uh, her parents were with us, and she was uh, the whole evening like a 13-year-old grumpy, hating the old people, <laughs> etc. And at a certain point, she put out her Instax camera to take two pictures of her and one of the environment, was smiling, and then I asked her, and I could talk with her the first time, why are you smiling? Why, why do you have this Instax camera? And then she said just a few words. It's cool. Yeah. Yeah. So this experience, ah, there's a picture. Yeah. Yeah. And this that has to do with analog. Analog is different than digital. I personally like digital, but I'm an old guy because I had this experience with film and I never liked film. Yeah. <laughs> but 
I'm not the typical customer. Yeah. Yeah, it is. Just, even during COVID, I've seen like records have come back, film is back, like more and more people are shooting film again. The thing is, it will be not such a big business because there's so many secondhand cameras which you always can repair. Yeah. So it's a sort of side business, but it's a good business with basically the only company who does it. The Rico announced that they will be doing an analog camera, mm. but it's just announced in six months. So let's see. Yeah. In what would you say to someone like when they can make the choice between different camera band brands, whoever it might be in the market, what makes Leica different? Like what sets you guys apart uh, from other cam camera manufacturers in your mind? Oh, um, usually I say if you, to someone, what makes Leica like different that, okay, now we start about 15 chapter of the history of photography and technology. Okay, that's too complex, yeah? yeah. So Leica was always at certain points writing the history of photography. And with, uh, for instance, with our monochrome camera, digital monochrome camera 2012 again, until now basically nobody does it. Mm -hmm. uh, because there's a technology reason to have a black and white sensor because the information is much higher than with a typical RGB sensor. So we did this and sometimes we do things where we think um, makes sense. So we do with a partner in Japan, we do smartphones. Yeah, it's not the smartphone, it's the entry-level camera. Mm -hmm. Other companies see this, oh, the enemy. It's not. Yeah. It's about photography. Yeah. I, I was in that boat. Like, I didn't understand the monochrome stuff myself, and then I got to use it, and it's like, it, it's incredible. It's, it's a different way how to, how to shoot. And, and the, the technology reason is that in the RGB sensors, a lot of the pixels you need for the definition of the color. So it has nothing to do with the picture. Mm -hmm. In a black and white sensor, every sensor is one little dot on a grayscale. Yeah. So if you have a 24 megapixel black and white sensor compared to a 24 megapixel RGB sensor, in black and white you have about 30% more information. Yeah, that's it's incredible. You know, and one thing I was kind of curious about when you when you guys decide as a company, hey, we're gonna we're gonna offer a new camera, like, what's that process look like? How long does it take? Like, to, <laughs> like, like, yeah, we just we, we, we just see it on the shelf, like when M11 pops to up. A, to but, give like, you a bad example, yeah, yeah. So we stopped our R system in two thousand eight. Yeah, and we're working on the we were working on the replacement, but the real replacement only came in two thousand fifteen with the SL camera. Mm -hmm. Mm. Seven years. That's too much. Huh? Yeah. <laughs> but a few things had changed in between. So the process in deciding on a new product sometimes takes two years, three years, or sometimes a little bit less. And it's just constantly tinkering. You guys are just testing out new stuff, trying. Yeah, for instance, at a certain time, we invested in a small startup in California called Light. Mm. Maybe you remember the Light 16 camera, which was a, a prototype, they sold about 8,000, where they had 16 little camera elements from the smartphone and said, this creates a much better quality than a Nikon DSLR. Mm. We invested into this company together with SoftBank because we wanted to find out. And we found out and said, okay, that's not the way to go. <laughs> so we look very, you know, all around what's happening here, what's happening there. Um, there was once a company called Lytro. Maybe you haven't heard of it. 
the light field camera. They addressed us. We looked into the technology, and then we said it doesn't make any sense at all. And Lytro gone with the wind at the. But at the beginning, it was you know considered to be a unicorn. Yeah, yeah. So we look into technology quite, I would say, thoroughly and very intense, and then decide what's the best way to go to create a beautiful picture. Mm. And I had to ask you about it. I'm sure you're getting asked about it a lot. Uh, all my photographer friends in the last year, ev everything they're talking about is like AI. AI is going to take photography away. AI, there's not going to be no more career as a photographer. Like, how does like of you, AI technology? Two things. Yeah. We with Adobe together and with Nikon for this content mm -hmm. certification. So in the, in one of the next cameras is already in. Yeah. Yeah. So you can see if this is a true picture or something fiddled around. On the other hand, we already did AI in 2019 in a camera. Which one? Um, it was an, a small a batch production. It was the M10 ASC, which we did for the hundred years of ASC. And we put in some artificial intelligence element in it because there were two camera modes called um, classic cinema mode and contemporary cinema mode. And that was a technology we went directly into the data stream from the sensor, interpreting different light situations like you would have done in the old cinema or in modern cinema. Mm -hmm. That was AI. Sometimes it can be helpful, but in creating content, we should be very clear that everybody should have a stamp on it, CR, CR content approved or not approved. Yeah, that's the way to go because at the end you can you can reproduce everything in artificial intelligence, but it's only reproduction. Mm -hmm. So you're missing the intelligence of a human being. And and a big thing, like we were saying at the beginning of this interview. This event, we're at Celebration of Photography. It is about photography, but it's more about people. And I think the photography, I'm not worried about AI as much as some people, I don't think. Because, like, photography is so much about photographing people or, like, experiencing the world and getting out there. I don't think. Well, the, the, the individual view by the photographer. Yeah. Huh? So, for instance, um, yeah. Certain moment. Yeah. It's not a very famous photographer, but this moment yeah. where a certain very beautiful lady discusses with the director Alfred Hitchcock. Yeah. Yeah. Way to see the world. Or other here that Salzburg over there, with you from a, from a very renowned German architectural photographer. It's a special view. You could reproduce this in a certain way in artificial intelligence, but you would still be missing a certain element. Mm -hmm. It's a human factor. Yeah, I don't th that's never going to go away, ever. Yeah. Well, you could kill it, yeah. yeah. because if Netflix decided, decides everything is done in AI, yeah, you don't need actors anymore. Yeah. Yeah. But then the result would be very boring. Yep, I, I agree. And uh, another thing I was interested in talking to you about, how, how do you view like design versus technology when you guys are making a product? Because you're, you guys were so known for craftsmanship and design, especially with the M system, because it, it looks like an old school camera, but it has the new technology. How do you kind of balance those two things? Um, first, the old rule, which is a Bauhaus rule, is form follows function. Mm -hmm. 
one of the world, but it's not the only one. The other one is the, what I would call the human factor, because when the M3 was uh, designed and then the M2, because most of the M's nowadays base more or less on the M2, we had a team which did a sort of, which was called human modular. So they looked into elements of the human body in correspondence to each other and created a sort of measurement out of it, mm. yeah, a sort of grid. And that's uh, the reason why, for, for instance, the lens of the M is not in the middle. It's set apart. Mm. And there are certain elements which are not in what you would call shape. Suddenly it's a little bit round or so. It, uh, and that's why the M looks like a human camera. So they, they, when you have a typical SLR with a big lens, mm. I always say this is a sort of phallic symbol. With the M, it's always a friendly appearance, and we try to work on that. We have another a product like the SL, which is a little bit more a statement, yeah? mm -hmm. a more of a brutal statement. But with the M, it's always this kind of, it should look like a human being would look at you. It's like it's like a classic car. Like there's just something. It's just like anyway, yeah. there's so much history yeah. to it. Like I, I mean, for me, I like I, with I, great suspension and a big yeah, motor. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's got yeah air conditioning too <laughs> and a few other things. Yeah, yeah, yeah. For, for sure, a, a few a few more questions. I'll get you out of here. That's um, okay. Um, another thing I was curious about because obviously you guys do cameras, which is what you're well known for, but then you guys do your watches, uh, binoculars. Um, you guys just released a new cinema projector. Like, how do you guys decide when to offer a new product? And is there ever, like, how do you, is there ever a worry, like, we're offering too much stuff? Like, well, we have very clear borders for that. For, uh, first, we define the key elements of Leica. It's optics. So, eye care is definitely related. We decide, we said that the other thing is mechanics. That's why we do watches, because we only do mechanic watches. Yeah? We do electronics since the 60s, so, and software since the 90s. So what we fiddle around, let's say, with the smartphone is related. So we have six elements on which we decide, does it fit or not? So, for instance, I always have this example. We could do a Leica perfume. Who the hell needs that? People will buy it. You guys would be like Supreme. Right? Sure. You guys are going to be like so Supreme <laughs> selling everything. You, know? <laughs> you, guys, you guys, I realize, learn more about Leica. The people that love Leica, they love it. You know, we, uh, probably not perfume. <laughs> good, good to know. Good to know. Um, and I, I guess to wrap up, like, what do you, what do you enjoy most about what you do? Your job. In your experience, or like, what do you enjoy most, and what are you most proud of in your time with Leica? People, the people, There's the people you work with. We just have the MD meeting here, you know, the MDs from all our world. We have seventeen distribution companies all over the world, and it's such a great experience. Yeah, these dedicated people working on certain things, and don't forget, we're still a small company. Yeah, um, but we are all over the place. We still have quite a few white spots, and working together with people. And my personal principle is always I try, if th something happens, no finger pointing. Really? There's only one thing, lessons learned. Yeah. And that can be quite helpful. Mm -hmm. Okay, and then last question. This is for, 
I had to assist my my best friend Xander Tekatomo from Boston, diehard like a, a guy. He wants to know, will we ever see an M7 again? You guys re-released the M6 last year. <laughs> he was like, you got to ask. You're going to, you're going to interview uh, Mr. Kaufman. You got to ask him. Quite simple, you know. At the moment, we were doing the M7 retro or whatever. Yeah. So let's see. Yeah. Because we're the only one who can do that. All right. <laughs> so, and as always in life, there's only one reason to say never. Never say never. Well, Andreas, uh, pleasure meeting you. Thanks for taking the time and for having me out here in Germany. It was a real pleasure. Hope you enjoy your time here in Wetzlar. Definitely. Thank you. Thanks. I hope you guys enjoyed the first interview with Andreas Kaufman. Um, can't thank Andreas enough for taking the time. It was a real pleasure talking to him about everything he's done at Leica. Um, hope you guys enjoyed that one. Um, our second interview is with Stefan Daniel, um, who is the Executive Vice President of Technology and Operations at Leica Camera. Um, and before we jump into the Stefan Daniel interview, I uh, just wanted to remind you with this episode, um, if you go to pickdrop.com and enter the promo code BANTER, um, you'll get two months free of the PickDrop image transfer tool. Like I said, I've been using it for years. Um, love it. Um, send all my photos to my clients through PickDrop and really easy to organize all my files and whatnot. Um, so definitely um, go give it a try. Let me know what you think. Just go to pickdrop.com. Enter the promo code BANTER and you get two months free. And without further ado, um, we'll jump into the Stefan Daniel interview and I uh, hope you guys enjoy. <laughs> there you go, sound good. All right, well, uh, Stefan Daniel, uh, thanks so much for taking the time to do this. Uh, we're here in Wetzlar, Germany, um, after the night of the uh, Oscar Barnock Award, which was an incredible night. Um, what, what do you take away from last night, getting to see the uh, presentation and everything? Yeah, even in Leica terms, uh, I think this is a, a new highlight in in these uh, low bar uh, celebrations, um, because yeah, the diversity of the uh, the the images, uh, the picture series, uh, for me was amazing. Uh, also, the internationality of um, thirty six countries. Uh, um, uh, from from where photographers uh, send in their images, uh, that is amazing. I would say. Yeah, that was kind of my takeaway from the whole event. Like getting to come here, like I was telling you before we started recording, and never been to Germany. In the last two days, I met people from Australia, Colombia, uh, Japan. It, it, it's been incredible, and just getting to see the wide range of photography at the event last night was pretty incredible. And being your guy, you're you're coming from technology standpoint, designing cameras. It must be cool to see what people do with your amazing cameras and getting to see what they do with the cameras after the fact. Yeah, I always say that uh, this is quite unique, uh, even if you compare to other branches and other technical products, uh, um, that the result of what you can do with our products is as amazing or even more amazing sometimes than the product itself. And that is quite rare yeah and I only can say that um, I only found a few examples where it's the same it's maybe for music instruments because their beauty uh, they're, they're nice they're beautiful but the, uh, what you do can do with them is also sometimes magic yeah I was lucky enough to get to take the factory tour yesterday which was just like mind-blowing just to see like from walking in seeing them cut the leather and then it's like 
uh, polishing lenses and this the whole process of it is incredible um it, it, as long as you've been here how, how much has that process changed like obviously looking at there you guys have the technology and like robotic stuff that you guys are doing to make cameras like how much has the process changed since you've been a part of like it in in terms of optics uh i think if for for a classic spherical lens element uh it's not changed so much um but uh, over the recent years, we added new technologies for aspheric lens elements, for example, and uh, also quite new, the, uh, the pressing of um, aspheric lens elements. That is new on the mechanic side. Uh, a lot has changed because in, in the past, uh, you were taking sheet metal and then embossing it and so on. But we don't do that anymore because with the modern machinery, you can you can mill it out from solid brass or aluminium, uh, and even have a higher quality and a higher robustness than before. Yeah, and I saw there in the tour there, Sean. So you guys are doing, there's like 3D printing to make like prototypes and stuff like that, which look like pretty incredible. Is that some you guys been using a lot, like 3D printing? Yeah, we, we look into 3D printing for, for prototypes, uh, for not yet for serial production. Um, um, yeah, and uh, what you probably have seen is uh, where Oscar Barnack would work uh, today if he would be still around yeah. in the prototyping department. Yeah, it was incredible. I guess, you know, I was interested in this for you. Like, I know you've had a long history with Leica and got to do some incredible stuff. Um, what do you enjoy most about your job and what you do here? Yeah, as a, as I pointed out, is we create uh, beautiful objects, instruments, where people admire them a lot because of the build quality of the uh, all the thoughts which go in there. So we create uh, the object itself, and that's a pleasure. And on top of that. Uh, we we enjoy that people use it the way they use it and create art with it. And this is quite unique. Um, and this, uh, like last night, to enjoy that in full and to experience that once again, um, that is a big motivation uh, to work for Leica yeah. again and again. Yeah, it's, it's incredible in the scene how much the technology changes and... Uh over the years it's now you guys doing digital and, and it's cool to see you guys still doing the film cameras you guys released the m6 last year um what do you think about the state of like it seems like film photography is getting more popular again like i, I came up as a film photographer growing up in high school and stuff but now it's kind of been like seems like a renaissance people are getting even more excited about film in the last five ten years i guess yeah um it's amazing what 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 what's going on the explanation for me is that um, younger folks, yeah, like twenty-year-old kids, they they experience analog photography not as something old-fashioned, but as something tangible, true, authentic, um, which is in a in a big contrast to you know, the digital imagery uh, where you get flooded with images uh, and billions and billions taken day by day. So it's a kind of the antithesis to that. Um, so that's why 
we think uh, analog photography is is so much enjoyed yeah. um uh, and from what we can see there is no end yeah and um, yeah it's nice to to be able also to cater to this trend uh, with our m6 you think that we'd see you guys will do any more like re-releases like you guys did last M6? You think there'd be any other like older cameras you guys would bring back? Or you know the the, the reason that we are able to produce a uh, analog camera new is the reason is that we never stopped making them. Yeah. Um, all our uh, friends from other brands uh, have stopped producing analog cameras. And it's quite difficult to restart that from scratch because the investment is huge um, and some of the technologies are no more are no longer available. So to to just start from zero maybe would not have, um, not have been possible. Uh, but as I said, we have never stopped making them uh, and it was, for us it was feasible. Mm. And uh, how did you first come to work at Leica? Yeah, that's a, that's a, that's an interesting story. I was like uh, twelve years old when I had my first interest in photography, um, and I have I have um, a cousin, and she was an avid photographer, uh, amateur photographer, and she was putting together uh, slideshows called Diaporama. Um, with a dissolve unit, two projectors, and a sound, and telling a story in pictures. Uh, and I was fascinated by that. And as I'm from the region here, um, uh, she was using Leicas. And um, so I got in touch with my first Leica, maybe at the age of 13 or something. And since then, the virus caught me. And it was only natural for me to apply for a job at uh, at Lights at that time, because Leica was the product, not not the company name. So you were taking pictures yourself. You had an interest in thing. Uh, I'm always getting mad on myself because I I love taking pictures, but that I don't do it enough. Uh, and uh, I'm um, but I I I I love photography and. Uh, uh, for me, it's a kind of a meditation, uh, just to concentrate on a subject, to to forget about everything else, uh, and uh, I enjoy uh, I enjoy I enjoy it a lot. Yeah, but uh, I have to do it a, a bit more. Yeah, that is a cool thing. I, I interviewed um, Dr. Kaufman uh, yesterday, and then even this walk around the campus here like all the people that work in the museum at all the employees got like us and there's you can see like the enthusiasm coming through there like i was talking to a younger kid who works in the museum and he had a knock deluxe and he got to borrow and there's just like an excitement about the product and i would think like that's kind of rare in a lot of jobs like to actually be excited about what you're doing you know because like there's so many it, so many products you could work and do a job it's not quite as sexy and as fun as a camera i think it it comes through this getting to meet people here how excited they are about it yeah we're really lucky uh because it's it's very easy to be enthusiastic about it and how's your role kind of changed over the years like what was your first role what were you doing when you first came to like um you know in germany we have an education system we call that the dual education system so that you 
do an apprenticeship inside a company, but simultaneously also you go to school. Mm-hmm. And that's what I did. This was my first uh, yeah, job at Leica. Uh, after three years, you get the deg- degree of being a fine mechaniker, a precision mechanic. Uh, and then I worked in uh, in customer care, uh, repairing cameras, because I always wanted to be close to the cameras uh, and not to the microscopes and all the other stuff uh, we did at the time. Yeah, that I was talking to someone about that. Even just going through the tour yesterday, like the skill, the skill to be able to do that, like f- fix cameras in customer care, or the guys who are making the lenses. Like, there's not many people who can do that. Like. How do how do you find people to uh, to do those jobs and like is it this like kind of like you say is it still this kind of apprenticeship people kind of working their way up and this kind of learning that is super important that we get trained people uh, so we have to train them by ourselves luckily we have it's not only Leica here in Wetzlar and the surroundings doing optical products because Wetzlar is the capital of optics in Germany. So um, uh, we're happy that uh, there are schools out there and there many other companies also training people so that we have, um, yeah, uh, new talents coming up. Um, but still, it's a, it's a challenge to find enough skilled people uh, uh, able to do it on the Leica level. Yeah, definitely, because it's a, it's a craft in itself just knowing the cameras and every little component like they had the in the tour they had like every little component like hundreds of components that put together the camera which kind of it blew my mind like because as a person it's just a photographer it, for me as a tool and I, I don't think about it the the all the detail that goes into it and the little like every little component you know yeah that makes also the job of our people in production quite interesting it's not just that you have to screw in and screw number 14 all day um, because uh, if you take an SL lens, one lady or one man is uh, assembling the lens from A to Z. And that makes it quite quite unique and also um, interesting on a daily basis. Mm-hmm. And you know, one thing I was kind of interested about Obviously, you guys do digital, you do film cameras, and there's so much history with Leica. Uh, what's your approach to like product innovation while still staying true to kind of the history of the Leica? Because like, look at the M series, even when you buy the new M11, it still has that look and design of the same cameras that have been around for years. Like, how do you kind of approach the technology, but still the, kind of keep the soul of Leica? I guess. Yeah, that's always a, it's a fine line uh, to, to make progress which is making the product relevant um, in, in, in the actual times. But on the other hand, not to give up on the soul, on the heritage, on where it comes from, on the Leica DNA. And I think the blending of the two is the secret uh, to say, okay, ah, it's unmistakable uh, a Leica, but it has something attractive, uh, modern, uh, that it stays relevant uh, compared to other brands, maybe. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because I remember when the first Digital M came out, it kind of blew my mind that you guys still kept it. It looks like still kind of similar body as like all the rangefinders have been before, and it's like this gotten better and better. Um, another thing I was kind of curious about, 
what goes into de designing a new camera? Like, how long does that process take? Like, what goes into it? Like, how many people are involved? Like, what does that look like uh, how, when you guys are going to design a new camera? Is yeah, first of all, you we we try to listen carefully uh, what people say about uh, the model they have in hand and what they like, what they dislike, what they want to see for the for future model what they also maybe uh, find nice or good in other brands and other products. So we, we try to listen quite carefully um, and we blend it with our own ideas of uh, what could be innovation. Um, so this is maybe the first phase of uh, designing a product before you start uh, uh, cat data or something and you go into work is like a what shall it be what is in what did what is out um and this is the the first step the whole process takes two and a half to three and a half years depending on the product uh so um yeah you have like a, a current product in the market for a year to collect enough feedback but now we we need to start thinking about what is the next generation. So the so the Q3 that this came out like about what, I think like four six months ago, um, that was like a two three year process for that kind of work. Exactly, on that, refining, yeah. refining, refining, refining. Yeah. Yes, yes, yeah, yeah, it's incredible. Um, and you know, one thing uh, I saw a little clip of you kind of talking about it, and as a photographer and all my photographer colleagues in the last year or so, everyone's talking about it, AI and photography. Um, what's your opinion? Is it going to, are, are cameras going to go away? Is AI kind of going to be built into cameras or like, where, where do you see it going? Cause it's like, it's a topic all my photographer friends is they're all worried about it and thinking about it is. Um, so AI and these fake Im imagery is not going to go away. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I think we have to live with it. We have to live with it. Like with Corona, it's not, it's not going to leave this, this planet anymore. So, okay, what are we going to do? Um, we can we can just sit there and be angry and um, uh, uh, and complain about it, or we embrace it. We try to take it to a more positive view onto it. Where I'm pretty much confident is that the human creativity cannot be replaced by AI. For the time being, it's only able to mix, blend, copy something together mm -hmm. uh, which already existed. But the human brain is able uh, to, to go that extra step of creativity. And this, I think, uh, the photographers should have in mind and should be proud of that they are able to create something which did not exist before. And um, we also soon gonna have some, uh, a little contribution um, to make, uh, to make uh, the work of photographers more proof. Uh, as you might know, we have joined uh, the uh, Content Authenticity Initiative. Mm -hmm. And we also soon uh, have a product ready 
uh, where uh, you can prove that you have taken this picture at that place at that specific date and nobody can or if it has been altered uh, you can det detect it yeah. uh, so that's our little contribution to what's going on right now in the AI so uh, that'll be kind discussion. of based into like metadata pretty much like essentially yeah and th that's going to be rolling out in the next kind of cameras coming out yeah yes pretty soon when when's the SL3 coming out Stefan <laughs> yeah. I know I always have to ask uh um I guess looking at your career here at like a you've gotten to work on a lot of amazing projects like um what are you kind of most proud of are there any products that um looking back uh, y you enjoyed the most or is kind of most proud of like at your time in like a yeah, it's it's uh, there have been so many me memorable moments, but maybe one I I I like I like a lot uh, because it uh, for me it marks the turnaround of the company on the economical uh, side. Uh, it was September nine, two thousand and nine, mm -hmm. so nine nine oh nine, when we launched the M nine, um, because. Uh, this is, was the camera which like a, uh, took Leica back on the map um, and also uh, commercially was a big su success and it was the camera everybody was, was uh, uh, asking for and so to have that uh, in the market uh, seeing how it's been enjoyed by, by and still being enjoyed by, by uh, the photographers was a really really nice moment yeah yeah it's been incredible yeah it must be interesting for you because you've been here uh a while and like getting to see the how, like now with the like because i'm newer to like a kind of world and this the galleries and all that stuff that are around the world and because that's kind of i think in the last the gallery stuff is in the last what 15 20 years uh when mr kaufman came on uh because one thing i learned like in the tour in the archive tour i didn't realize this like before the 2000s they were they were like selling off the archive of like old cameras just to kind of keep the keep the company going and now in the last 20 years it's just like it, it's changed a lot and it just seems like it's grown like exponentially yeah it's like um uh, we, and the m9 some in some some respect was the basis for that yeah for that growth which also made the galleries possible and uh, the building we're sitting in um uh and and all that kind of stuff so that is really uh, building onto each other, yeah, uh, step by step. Yeah, it's incredible. And when someone, what would you say to someone when they're looking at picking a camera? Um, what are you getting with Leica that you're not getting from a different camera brand? Like, what in your mind like sets Leica apart from all the other manufacturers in, in the market? First of all, um, I have to say, other camera brands, and if you buy a decent camera you will get images which are good and correct. Yeah. So it's not just a technical differentiation. Yeah. But if you buy a Leica, you buy uh, a beautiful object, the most easy one to use, the most intuitive one. And also if this is your daily work tool, you should work with a tool you really enjoy and you like. 
and not just something where you say, yeah, it does the job. But um, so if you're passionate about your job, you should also use the best tool available. Yeah. On top of that, using a Leica is a different experience because you, the guys who have not used the Leica cannot know that uh, you become, you buy a part of the heritage. It sounds a bit, uh, sounds a bit cheesy, but it's true. <laughs> you buy a, you buy a piece of, of, of the, of the, of the brand of the heritage. And if you, if in, if two Leica photographers meet on the street, yeah, at least they say hello. But in most of the cases, you have a, a little chat, have a coffee together, exchange your experiences, and that rarely happens with another camera brand. Yeah, yeah. There's so much history, and then like this, the people, the amount of amazing photographers that have used it, like they got an Elliot Erwitt show up right now, and this the history and everything. It, it is incredible, and it's like those are, the cameras last, like. Like and you can keep it like you guys have the customer care where if you you have you bought an M six thirty years ago you can get it fixed so yeah yeah and it's it's worth more than you have paid thirty years ago yeah that's another amazing thing um, but I guess to wrap up like uh, what's what's next for you what what are you excited about like moving forward anything you're kind of hoping to work on I guess yeah the, uh, as a general rule and that's what I always say to my teams is stay curious mm -hmm. stay stay awake um, because to say ah now we made it and like has in a good shape and let's relax and have a have a beer it's not uh, it's, it's, the, the moment we would do that uh, we would fall back mm -hmm. and so just to be looking for what's going on what is coming next where is the place for Leica to be uh, in terms of product positioning and uh, new technologies and so on. Um, I would say AI would will will change um, the way we perceive uh, photography, but I'm not afraid that Leica um, has a bad uh, a bad position there. No, like you're saying, it, it, the for me, I'm not as worried as like other photographers because the human element, like the thing we're doing right now, this talking and the event last night. And getting to meet all these people around the world, like AI can never replace that. Like getting to the, the one of the gentlemen who won last night is from China, and his work was incredible. And like, there's just that human element element that I think is never going to go away. People are always going to want yeah. that, you know, yeah, yeah, yeah. the interaction. But anyway, Stefan, uh, appreciate you taking the time and for all your uh, hard work and everything you brought to like over the years. Real, real pleasure. Thank you for coming over. Uh, it's a pleasure to have you here, uh, and. Uh, Enjoy the rest of your Germany and Wetzlar experience. I will. Thank you. Perfect. Thanks so much, man. That was great. Yeah, thank yeah. you. Thank you. So there you have it. That was the Stefan Daniel interview. Um, can't thank Stefan enough. It was a real pleasure um, talking to him about everything he's done at Leica. Um, like I said, he's spent over 40 years with Leica and dedicated his uh, his career to this building the, the best cameras and constantly pu pushing technology and new products um so a real pleasure getting to talk to him and um, just kind of pick his brain on what he thinks is what's next and everything he's worked on over the course of his career so can't thank him enough and also again um, much thanks to andreas kaufman for taking the time um to speak with him everything he's done with leica is just incredible 
Um, so can't thank both those guys enough. And thank you to Leica Camera USA for setting this all up and having me out to Leica. Um, so hope you guys enjoyed this interview. Um, I got more interviews coming. Um, I'm going to be uploading in the next couple weeks. So definitely check out the Photo Banter. It's on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and the Photo Banter YouTube page. And uh, as always, thanks so much and take care.